We're back again for another UFC YouTube live stream. This time we're going to be breaking down a card between Roma Delize versus Nasadin Imavov. Apologies for the slight delay. I was having some technical difficulties, but you know we're here. We're coming fresh off the heels of a massive event last week. Completely crushed it. That was the event where I took home over $100,000 profit. We bet on Neil Magny. Neil Magny to win in round three. Jezza DeVicius to win in round three. Gillian Robinson. We bet on four different underdogs. Every single one of them cashed. It was an amazing event, man. Uh, it was one of the best events of my life. One of the biggest money days of my entire life. And I was kind of pissed off to have a week off because, you know, I wanted to ride that momentum. But the momentum's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. Actually, the week where we had off in the UFC, I still had bets on MMA and I still profited on MMA. So did me and all of my members. So we're going to break down the card here. As you know, I'm going to be breaking down the main card. I'm not going to go through the entire card. I will be doing that on my website later today, but I'm not going to do it right here for this live stream. But I'll break down the main card for you. And we're going to go in depth on some of these main card fights. And I'm going to give you my betting tips, picks, predictions, all of that good stuff for the main card. If you want all of my picks and predictions, if you want to actually earn the amount of money that I do, or at least earn the same amount of units as I do, it's hard to earn $100,000 over one fight card, but I can do it because I'm betting big, right? But if you want to earn the same amount of units and ROI percentage and eventually over time compound your money to start earning big bucks, then sign up to my service, lucrativemmabetting.com. The link is in the bio. You're going to earn tons of money. You're going to earn way more than the measly price of the membership. So definitely recommend signing up for that. But other than that, we'll get into the main card picks right now. So I'm going to bring up my screen for you and you're going to see it. And first, before that, we're going to shout out to everyone here, right? So MMA Line Move, my guy, what's up? Small World Lifted is saying he's been trying to read the striking better. Madeiras' footwork is all over the place, in my opinion. I'm interested to see if you have a similar read. So that fight is not on the main card, so I won't be going over that. But as I said, on my website, I'm going to be breaking down that card in full later today. What else we got? Um, love me some big looter Don on the way to MMA class. My guy, well done for training, bro. Get in. Train hard. Let's get it, boys. Grace Span says, James, I'm here, baby. Teach me how to not be poor. You already know that's exactly what we're going to do. Fubu's here. What's good, Degens? Clay Smith. Who else is in here, man? Don't be quiet. We've got 46 people. I want 46 people to be hitting the like button right now, just like Dixon Sider said. 85 plus units for me. Still insane. Absolute insanity. I mean, the year's just been amazing. You know, the start to the year has been so good. I couldn't have imagined to earn this money at the start of the year, even though I knew the year was going to be amazing. And I purposely thought it was going to be amazing because I had done so much data analysis over the last five years, and I've narrowed down a completely new betting strategy, and it's paying off already, you know, within the first three, four weeks of the year. Adam is saying is Abina is his favorite spot. Saga analysis, let's go. Let's get into it, boys, without further ado, right? So I'm going to bring the card up a little bit, a little bit closer for you to see right here. So the first fight on the main card is Kizraev versus Mahmoud Muradov. This is a good fight, and it's actually a very interesting fight for me. And the reason is because Kizraev does look like he's a good fighter. Kizraev looks like he's going to take you down, grind you out. It's the exact type of fighter you want to bet on in the UFC, right? It's the fighter that's got decent cardio, which he seems to have decent cardio, and someone who's going to maximize his wing condition. We want to bet on fighters that maximize their wing condition, 
right? And what I mean by that is if you've got a very good striker, you want that guy to go out there and strike, okay? So you want to bet on fighters that know what they're good at and that implement the things that they are good at. There's some fighters out there who are really good wrestlers, but just never shoot takedowns, right? Or shoot takedowns when it's way too late. There's some fighters that are very good strikers and all of a sudden they want to just grapple, grapple, grapple. Someone like Malcolm Gordon comes to mind where he had a clear advantage over Jimmy Flick on the weekend, right, which is in the striking. But because of his fight IQ and decision making, which is as important as striking or grappling, it's basically the same thing. It's just another attribute in the fight. It's exactly the same as cardio. It's exactly the same as durability. It all has to be capped in. Because of his fight IQ and decision making in fight, he lost that fight, right? Because he had very, very bad decision making and fight IQ, which he has actually showed throughout the entirety of his MMA career. And he's also also showed the ability to be put in bad positions on the ground, right? So because of that, he lost the fight, even though he had a clear striking advantage. With Kizraev, he's not really that type of fighter. He knows he's good at grappling. He knows he's a takedown guy. And that's exactly what he does, right? On the other hand, we've got Mahmoud Muradov, who is one of the money team Floyd Mayweather's sign-ins in MMA. I think his only ever sign-in in MMA was this Mahmoud Muradov guy. He hasn't shown to be, you know, the greatest fighter of all time, but he's definitely a solid UFC fighter. I definitely think he's UFC level, and I'm not too sure about Kizraev, right? He looks good, but I don't know too much about him. We haven't seen too much about him. We haven't really seen him come over any adversity. Definitely not an MMA uh, UFC career, because the guy's hardly fought. He's fought one time, and that was against Dennis Tolulin, and he kind of struggled until he got that fight to the ground, right? And Tolulin's one of the one of the worst fighters of the division, really, especially in the grappling. And so that was no surprise to see Chris Raya finish that fight, but it wasn't plain sailing for him, you know? And other than that, he's pulled out of many fights. Many fighters have pulled out of fights from him. He's had one fight since he's been signed to the UFC, and he's been signed for over three years, guys. Whereas Muradov's been fighting twice a year consistently, right? Yeah, he's had some losses. He's had some wins. But the guys are coming up to a UFC veteran at this point, you know? Four or five years in the UFC, um, even longer than that, I believe. Many, many wins. A couple of losses. Like, I understand why Muradov is not this standout fighter. But in this fight, he might be a little bit overlooked. So, overall, I feel like Muradov is the one that you need to bet on in this fight. If you're going to make a bet at all. I don't really think you can bet on Kizraev at minus 200. He's 14-0 undefeated, so everyone likes him, right? But I haven't seen too much from him to say that he's going to go out there and just dominate Mahmoud Muradov like he has against his last 14 opponents. I mean, Muradov showed decent chops in that Kai Barallo fight. He showed good grappling chops. He was on top of Barallo for a lot, for a lot of that fight. Yes, he got taken down himself as well, but he reversed position a couple of times. Yes, he got reversed, but he also reversed position. And Barallo is a decent fighter and he's a decent grappler. You know, I don't really know if Kizraev's on that level. On top of that, we've got a height advantage and a reach advantage for Mahmoud Muradov here. We've got a clear striking advantage for him. We've got a clear UFC experience advantage for him. We've got a clear MMA experience advantage for him. And he's been active recently, right? So, and he's got the level of competition experience. So, Muradov is ticking a lot of boxes for me here. Stylistically, he's not ticking massive boxes like, oh, yeah, I definitely think this is a great stylistic matchup for Muradov. No, it's not. You know, Kizraev is not a great stylistic matchup for anyone because he will go out there and shoot takedowns and many, many of them. I just feel like Muradov is definitely the bet in this fight. Just like I said, man, without the risk of repeating myself, he's got many, many green ticks on his side. The overall 
concept or aspect of this fight that I like to look at is UFC experience, UFC wins, level of competition, um, activity, you know, all of that stuff. This is kind of like just intangible fight for me, guys. Like statistically, stylistically, it's not a great matchup for Muradov. You know, stylistically, it's all right because, you know, he's decent at defending takedowns and he's got, he's got the clear striking edge. But overall, this is more of an intangible fight for me. So if you watch my content for a long time, you will know that I break fights down three ways, stylistically, statistically, and intangibly, right? And I think that this fight, all the intangibles are on Muradov's side. So yes, Kizrayev might go out there and dominate his opponent just like he has done for the last 14 Fights, you know, he's had some adversity here and there, but for the most part, it's been plain sailing for him. Maybe he goes out there and takes everyone down like he has done. But, you know, overall, I believe that Muradov is the spot here. So I'm betting Muradov, and I think it's a decent bet. We'll move on to the next fight of the night. The next fight of the night, we've got Vivian Arahujo versus Natalia Silva. So another good fight. Another fight that I'm excited for. I know a lot of people moan about women's MMA. I'm not really one of those type of people that moan about women's MMA. You know, obviously, women's MMA is nowhere near the level of men's MMA. It hasn't been around for long enough. Also, way more men fight than women. So, of course, the level is going to be better. And men have a massive physicality edge in almost every regard in terms of, you know, in terms of like the physical aspect of MMA, other than maybe flexibility. Um, so, of course, men's MMA is going to be a lot better. And, of course, men's MMA is going to be more high level. But I still I, I still think women's MMA is good. And this is a high-level fight, in my opinion. You know, both girls are very, very good martial artists. Both girls are high-level in virtually all disciplines. You know, Vivian Arahuja is a good boxer, good wrestler, decent jiu-jitsu. Natalia Silva, again, decent jiu-jitsu, decent wrestler, more of an anti-wrestler, and very, very good striker. Very good flexibility, very good um, technicality, very good, you know, when I say flexibility, I mean she throws that high kick up so easily. Lead leg high kick, rear leg high kick, side kick. She's a good fighter, man, and I think she's going to win the fight. You know, she's a big favorite. I've been catching on her throughout entirety of her MMA career, so I bet on her as an underdog, a plus 200 underdog against Jasmine Jazadavicious. Can we believe that, guys, that she was a plus 200 underdog in her debut against Jasmine Jazadavicious? Well, obviously, she's a clear favorite in that fight. She's probably around minus 300 in that spot, but she was plus 200, right? Now, I do think that you know, MMA career, UFC career is a little bit different. Like she's shown more in her UFC career. So I understand why she wasn't a massive favorite in her debut. We don't know much about her yet. But anyway, I saw what I saw on tape. And stylistically, she was a great fighter. And I believed in her skill set. And she was only young. She was like 25 years old at the time. She's a really good fighter, man. Natalia Silva is fucking legit. I mean, I don't know what else to say. She's got five losses on her record. But like a lot of those losses were early on in her career. So if we go on a fight, like, she's been fighting for a long time. She's only 27. So if we if we go down, I mean, she made her debut in 2015, right? 2015 is a long time ago. You're talking 10 years ago, boys, right? Or, you know, nine years ago. So let's say she made her debut nine years ago, and she's 27 years old. So you're talking about she made her debut at 18 years of age. Or she's saying that she's 26 years of age here, right? Date of birth, 1997. So we're saying she's 17 years of age. 17, 18 years of age when she made her debut. And she lost her debut. It's cool, man. She's a 17-year-old girl. And then guess what? In the exact same year, she had her other two losses. So she's got five losses in her entire UFC career, right? Sorry, in her entire MMA career, she got five losses. You might think that's a lot. 
But three of those losses were in the first year that she fought. And she was a 17-year-old girl. I'm not even going to say woman. She's a girl, right? She's a young girl at 17 years of age. So, of course, I don't hold anything on her for those losses, right? So, yeah, you could say, you know, um, you could say, you know, a few losses and stuff. But, man, I don't hold anything from her. She had another loss against Marina Rodriguez, which she looked decent in that fight. That wasn't a bad fight. And she was 2017. Like, she, you're talking about she's a 19, 20-year-old girl. She's a young lady at that point, And she's still taking Marina Rodriguez to a decision who, at that point, was a very good fighter, way older than her. She's got almost 10 years on Natalia Silva. So Natalia Silva goes to decision with Marina Rodriguez, who was 8-0 at the time, when Natalia Silva was like, what's she, 6-3 or something? 6-3-1? and one? Natalia Silva's 19 years old, and she's facing a 28-year-old woman, Marina Rodriguez, fully in a, her athletic prime, a very, very high-level fighter in the UFC she goes on to be. And she takes her to a decision where she doesn't look bad in that fight, right? So that's a big reason why I bet on her in a fight against Jasmine Jezidovicius as a plus 200. I think she's a really good fight. I feel like a lot of people are going to be betting Arahujo in this spot. But I can't do it. I'm going to stick with my girl, who I have literally been betting throughout her entire UFC career. Whenever she's chalked, I bet her inside the distance. And if she's not chalked crazy, then I just bet her straight, like I've done multiple times in her career. So, yeah, man, I've got silver again here. Jeff Bruno's saying he bets silver inside the distance decision, no action. It likely goes to decision, but if it's not, silver gets the finish. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that she gets the finish if it, you know, if it does finish. Um, I also believe that, you know, there's a good chance she can go to decision. I don't know if she's going to knock her out, if she's going to submit her, or if she's going to go to decision. I think she can do all three. I think the Vivian Arahujo get gets tired as the fight goes on. And I'm picking Natalia Silva quite confidently for the win here. I think a lot of people are going to be betting Arahujo. I don't agree with it. It is what it is, man. That's my opinion on the fight. Randy Brown versus Muslim Salikov. I'm not really interested in this fight, guys. I don't really rate Randy Brown at this point in his career. He's 33 years old. I look at him like a young guy. He looks like 23, 24 to me. You know, Randy Brown, up-and-coming prospect. Kind of like Montel Jackson, but they're both kind of old. Um, he's 33 years old at this point. I don't really I don't really see much improvements coming from him. On the other hand, we've got Muslim Salikov. He is old at this point. He's 39 years of age. There's definitely going to be no improvements coming from him. I favor Randy Brown here, but this could be a shit show of a fight. If this fight stays on the feet for 15 minutes, are you really confident in Randy Brown at minus 250? Not at all, guys. Not at all. Muslim Selikov can most certainly rock him a couple of rounds and win on damage. And he most certainly can just outpoint him, regardless. Based, you know, nothing to do with damage. It's funny because I think Randy Brown's going to win the fight. But as I'm speaking about it out loud right now, I'm almost talking myself into a small play on Selikov. I mean, how, what is Randy Brown going to do outside of like knocking him out or submitting him to cover his price? You know, and could he knock out and submit him? Yeah. How likely is it? I don't really know. Randy Brown ain't the best finisher of all time. I do think Salikov has looked kind of bad recently, though. He didn't look great in his last fight, but it's a tough like, stylistic matchup. But I've seen him hurt a little bit more than recent. This is a weird fight. It's kind of like Dixon Sider says. I feel like this fight goes to split decision or Randy Brown finishes him. Yeah, I, th I feel like it's one of those ones. So I guess based on that, Randy Brown should be a minus 200 or so favorite. Because if I'm saying that Salikov's path is basically a split decision or wobbling him, 
But then Randy Brown can get the submission on knockout. It kind of comes down to, it looks like Randy Brown should be the favorite here, you know, up at that two range. But I don't like it, guys. It's just not really the type of spot that I want to play. I don't know, man. I've got a weird feeling about this fight in some way. And maybe the weird feeling turns out to be that Randy Brown just gets a weird guillotine submission after looking 50-50 or something like that. I'm not saying weird feeling means instantly Salikov's going to win. But I think those of you who know MMA, those of you who know both of these guys, those of you who know me, I think you get what I'm saying. Like, it's just a bit of a weird fight. More of a stay away fight for me. Terry Smith saying second round sub. Yeah, one of those ones where he gets a second round submission after looking like an underdog. Plus 150 underdog, you know, for the first round. Some weird shit like that. Anyway, I'm I'm passing on this fight overall, guys. I'm picking Randy Brown for the win. Nothing to say here. Hanato Moicano versus Drew Dober. Great fight. Um, best fight on the card? My, my most exciting fight on the card? Probably. Why not? I'm actually very excited to see Natalia Silver in, in the octagon. She's one of my favorite fighters. She's very similar to Yasmin Lucindo in terms of favorite fighters. I think Natalia Silva and Yasmin Lucindo both fought in their debuts very close together. And I bet on both of them as big underdogs in their debuts. One cashed, one had a 50-50 fight that didn't go my way. And I like both of those girls very much. You know, Amanda Lemos, she's kind of passed on the torch now to Lucindo and to Natalia Silva in my power rankings in who I like the most. Because I like a lot of fighters, but, you know, Lemos was my girl. She still is my girl, will always be my girl, but she's at her time now. She's fought for the title like I predicted her to do on her second fight in the UFC when nobody thought she was good. And now she's passed it on to those girls, you know. But back onto this fight. It's a striker versus grappler matchup. I think Moicano's probably going to submit him or Doba's going to knock him out. I mean, I ain't really going to say anything too, too crazy in this fight, guys. You know, I can make a random like i can make a big breakdown on it and you know look at the technicality between the grappling and if doba's going to be able to get back up or if Makano's going to get on mount get to mount like he did against hernandez and i could give you this technicality breakdown but i don't really think it requires too much technicality although maybe i'll look into this one a little bit more and the reason i say that is because thinking about the technicality I don't need to see too much on the Moicano side with the striking because I can read striking quite easily. And I read in the striking when I take this that Moicano is definitely going to be there to be hit by Drew Doby. You know, I don't really see, I don't really see Moicano staying safe on the feet for 15 minutes at all. To be honest, I don't really like his defensive tendencies on the feet. He's pretty good offensively on the feet, but I don't love his defensive tendencies. He's definitely there to be hit, and Drew Doby just has too much durability edge to not put his game on Moicano on the feet and probably knock him out. But I do want to look at the grappling a little bit more. Not so much the takedown defense, but maybe the guard defense from Drew Dober because I remember I had a decent guard against Islam Makachev, but I didn't rewatch that fight for this fight. I guess I should have, but it's not one of them ones like I will, right? I often watch tape later in the week as well. This is an early breakdown. Most people haven't done their tape study for this card. I've done basically all the tape study, but I like to polish up on tape at the end of the week. I've been doing that this year quite a lot, where I'll do a big breakdown. Um, you know, I'll do my full tape study. But then as the week goes on, I start to look into specific technicalities a little bit, especially when I speak about it out loud to you on a stream like this, because it gets me thinking about things a little bit differently than if I'm just in my own head, 
right? That's why I always tell people they should write down their tape study faults, tape, type out their tape study faults, speak out loud on your tape study faults, call a friend, phone a friend, word to the weakest link, um, who wants to be a millionaire? Not the weakest link. If you're from UK, you know that. That's old school nostalgia. But that's why I always tell people to speak about uh, the fights because it actually allows you to approach the fight from a different perspective and you look at it differently than if you're just thinking about it purely in your mind. It's the same thing when you have an issue in life, you know, a problem that you need to solve in entrepreneurship. If you speak about it out loud, you can often get to different conclusions than if you just had it in your own head. It's the exact same thing with tape study, guys. And that's why I like to speak about things out loud to you through this uh, form, through this YouTube modality. And then I actually think of things. And one of the things I've just thought about is, let me see how good Dober is at stopping the passing, specifically stopping the guard passes, because... Moicano is obviously going to shoot takedowns. He probably will get him. Drew Doba doesn't have good takedown defense. Anyone can take him down. When I watched the Alexander Hernandez fight, which is a fight I watched in depth for this fight, you know, Drew Doba showed me that he was able to get back up to his feet, but he also showed me that he got taken down very easily. Even when Hernandez was a very, very rocked, he still was able to take him down, right? So I don't think Moicano is going to have struggle getting him down, but I do think Moicano may struggle passing a little bit. Although Moicano is very, very high level on the ground, much better than someone like Alexander Hernandez, right? So I have to just look at if I think Dober's going to be able to get back to the feet consistently. If I don't, I can't really bet on him. If I do, I'll bet on him. But I don't think I'm going to bet on the fight because I think even if I believe Dober's going to be able to get back up to his feet, he still might not, right? I can believe something, but how often? Like, do I think Dober's going to get back to his feet 99% of the time? Of course not. Even if I watch tape. There's no way I'm going to come to the conclusion that Dober's going to get back to his feet every time he gets taken down, right? I might say like, yeah, Dober can get back to his feet and he might get back to his feet more often than not. But then do I even want to step in front of Moicano as a slight favorite if I only think Dober can get back to his feet six out of 10? Do you know what I mean? It's like, you don't always have to bet when you think there's marginal value, guys, right? We don't always have to do that. That's what some people actually misunderstand in MMA betting. It's like, just because there's value doesn't mean you bet it. I've had that many times, guys, where <clears throat> I'll say, yeah, there's value on this spot, but I ain't going to bet it. And people are like, what do you mean? Like, there's value. You need to bet it. Aren't you a sports better? It's because they don't have time in the game. They don't know about full-time gambling. And they don't know that we don't like to risk units and risk our money on every single spot that we see value on. It's actually a big reason why I have a separate section for my Elite Zone guys on my website. The Elite Zone stay winning. You already know that. And I have a separate section that says, value bets or I used to call them current betting liens, but betting liens just give away the wrong type of thought process for people who don't really understand what they are unless I explain them. So I changed the name and now I call them potential future bets, right? Which is exactly what liens are to me anyway. But basically I have a section in the elite zone on my website where I break down every spot and every single bet that I think has value, but that I'm not going to bet. You know, so I'll have many spots where I think there's value on this bet, but I actually don't bet it for whatever reason. And so I have a separate section, a whole web page on my website that writes out every bet that I think there's value on, even if I'm not betting it, right? And more time than not, those bets win. I'm just not confident to bet it for whatever reason, right? Maybe I don't want to overexpose on a fight. Maybe it's too volatile for my liking. Maybe there's intangibles that I can't quantify, whatever it may be, guys. And in this spot, it's too volatile for my liking to bet on it, even if I see there's value, right? Now, I'm not saying it's 100% that I'm not going to have a bet on this fight, but 
it's likely that I won't have a bet on this fight. Now, when you're talking about totals and money lines or props, then I might have a bet. I'm literally just talking about money lines right now. So what I'm going to do right now, guys, is go to fightodds.io. Shout out to my boys over there. And I'm going to um, have a look to see if they have the props out for this fight yet, which they obviously will. And then I'm going to go through them with you right now. And we're going to see if we can get any value on any props. So this is an exclusive section for anyone watching this video right now. I'm going to actually speak to you in real time and see if there's any spots we can find. So the over is set at one and a half rounds and it's even money, right? So already I don't like it because I feel like if Moicano wins, yes, he can get a back take and get a submission early. I do think it's going to be more of a wearing down type submission, like Islam Makachev over Drew Doba. Shout out to Islam. I had him in round three there at plus 1,200, so shout out to him. Um, whereas I think if Doba knocks him out, it's just going to be a moment of brilliance. He gets backed up to his feet and he just knocks him out. I don't really think it's going to be a beat down type thing because Moicano is very tough. It's not like you wear Moicano down and knock him out. You kind of just catch him clean like we've seen multiple times in the UFC now. So, yeah, I feel like Doba wins this early. Moicano wins this late. But, obviously, Moicano can also just grind him out and finish him in round one or early like he did against Hernandez a bit earlier. So, I don't like the over there, guys. I can't really get behind the over. I'd like the under two and a half. I would definitely play that. But, obviously, at the big juice line that it is, for the fight doesn't go to decision, I can't play it. Fight doesn't go to distance is minus 325. I'll have to sit down for a minute and see if there's actually value on that because instantly when I hear minus 325, I'm like every other gambler. Like, how can I explain this to you? It's quite a good, it's quite an important concept to understand. So there's a bell curve in gambling, right? Have you ever seen that bell curve thing? It's like smart bell curve. It's like when you first start gambling or doing anything, I'll show you this. The IQ bell curve meme. I'll show you exactly what this is, right? So guys, and this is, this is what you come to expect on my streams. You know how it goes, boys. It's like, I'll break down fights in five minutes, and then I'll break down one fight in, in 30 minutes, you know? And I'll speak to you about gambling theory, not just who's going to win on the weekend. That's what I like to do in my streams, guys. I want to make you a better sports better. I want to make you more money over the next 10 years. I don't want to just tell you who's going to win the fight. It's boring. You don't learn anything, right? So when you first start off gambling, you're here. You don't, you don't know anything. Your IQ is almost zero. You don't know anything, right? You're kind of stupid. Then you get here, right? Your IQ is like 100 at this point. You actually know a lot. Let me see if, yeah. So you actually know a lot here, right? You actually know a lot here, guys. But you think you know it all. And that's why you look like this guy, because you're crying. You're like, I know everything, right? And a lot of, a lot of gamblers I see are here right? They're actually not stupid, right? They know a decent amount, but they don't know a lot, right? This is like the majority of gamblers. As you can see, there's like 34% of people are here, right? So most people are kind of here, but there's still so much for them to learn. But because they think they know it all here, they never get to this point here because they think they know it all. And so they never, ever reach here, right? But when you get to the end of your gambling, well, not end of your gambling, end of the gambling what would you call this? Like scale, right? When you start getting, and by the way, there's always things to learn, right? But when you get here, what you realize is that most people are in the middle. And what I've seen a lot of people in the middle doing is this very thing. They'll see a line and they'll see it's juiced up and instantly they'll say, I can't bet it, right? But that's not a good way to look. You can make money on lines that are minus 400. You can make money on lines that are minus 500. 
it actually pales in significance to the value on the line. It doesn't matter what line it is, right? You can make money on everything. So is there a chance I can make money on minus 300? Yes, I can most certainly make money on a minus 300 line. But I believe that a lot of people looking at MMA Ben instantly, they look at minus 300 like, no, I can never make money on it, right? And then you've got the other idiots who only ever parlay minus 300s, right? But I think that you can make money on every type of line. I know you can make money on every type of line. I am going to say the caveat is that a lot of times in MMA, it's just not worth betting the minus 300 because the sport is so volatile. But of course, you can still make tons of money on minus 300s. I have done it. I am living proof on it, right? So is there value on the minus 300 fight doesn't go to decision? There could be. Do If I think it happens 8 out of 10, then there is. But anyway, guys, we'll go back onto the fightodds.io and we'll see if we'll see if there's any value in anything here, right? So I've only got bet online open at the moment uh, for the odds. What is Dober knockout? Dober inside the distance is plus 140, so his knockout line is plus 170. Dober knockout at plus 170 is not a bad play. I know his money line is plus 125. I'd probably personally rather take plus 170 because I just believe he's getting grappled if it goes to a decision or probably subbed, you know. Doba knockout plus 170. When it opens market live, uh, market wide, we'll be able to get two to one. Doba knockout at two to one is a good play in my opinion. Now what's Moikano sub? Moikano sub is two to one. We'll probably get it 2.5 to one, um, you know, plus 250. That's a good play. You know, Do uh, Doba knockout two to one, which we will be able to get, I would assume. And then Moikano sub two to one or better. I believe those are both good plays. And that's what I would be targeting outside of the money lines. So that's it, guys. We'll move on. Though my prediction is Drew Doba gets a knockout, um, but we'll move on now. And we'll get to the main event. But before we do that, we're going to address everybody in the comments right now. So we're smashing through it today, guys. I've got no time to waste. I've got a lot of stuff to do. I've just given out some free access to my free lucrative tennis group. So if you want to join the tennis group, it's extremely sharp group. One of the sharpest groups I've ever been part of in my entire betting career. So if you want to join a tennis group, you can do that. You go to sublaunch.co slash lucrativerackets.com. And I'm going to give you, not even .com, sublaunch.com. No, sublaunch.co. You know what? Let me write it in here for you right now. If you want to get free tips for tennis, I'm going to give this to you right now. And I'm going to give you a 14-day free trial. Watch this. I'm going to give you a 14-day free trial, boys. So, so if you copy and paste this into your browser right now, You see this, if you copy and paste this into your browser, you're going to get brought to this page, Lucrative Rackets. You can sign up to Lucrative Rackets, you'll get 14 days for free, and then it will renew at £59 per month, but you can cancel before it renews. You can cancel straight away if you want, so you never get charged, you just get the 14 days free. I've already given out 28 days free, and we completely smashed it in those 28 days. Now I'm giving you another 14 days, right? So it'd be a very smart idea for you to get onto this Lucrative Rackets, which is free betting tips. 
and you can use this code right here to get it for free for 14 days. Wait, 14-day free trial includes MMA or only tennis? It includes tennis, but in the tennis group, I am also giving out my MMA picks for free for two weeks. So, I mean, you're getting an insane deal on this. And actually, it's so insane. I'm going to close it off right now. There's only, as you can see, there's only one, only 91 spots available. And I've already sent it out to over 500 people. So, you know, I would recommend joining that if you want. But if not, up to you guys. Let's get back to the actual fights now. That's an insane deal. I've never done anything like it, to be honest, where you get so many things for free. Anyway, boys, I'm a man of the people. I've won many hundreds of thousands of dollars off MMA this year. Not many, 200,000. But anyway, that's kind of many. It's more than one, right? <laughs> I've won about $200,000 off betting this year already. So I'm feeling generous, right? That's why I'm doing this. Anyway, boys, let's get straight back to it. I am going to address some comments, like I said. Moicano is about to pull a Grant Dawson of town a feet too long. Yeah, maybe. But, bro, Grant Dawson, he didn't even stand a feet too long. It was like 60 seconds, man. He just got knocked out instantly. Doba KO feels value, maybe. Salakov value, I mean, feels trappish. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but Moicano sub is trappish then, right? I mean, I, I'm sure one of them is going to happen. I don't know. It's MMA, but I feel like it. Salakov value definitely could be, bro. De definitely could be. I think this fight might be identical to Bobby Green versus Grant Dawson. What, like instant KO? Possibly. Do you watch other people's breakdowns for some more insight or confirmation on things you're thinking? I never watch them for confirmation on things I'm thinking, but I most certainly support the community and watch breakdowns. Now, I go through phases. So, uh, like, I've, I've done, like, two years where I've not watched any other YouTube breakdown. But I'll watch Clint's breakdown. Uh, I enjoy Clint. He brings a good entertainment factor to it as well as his picks. So I watch the Die Hard MMA podcast. I also like the Club and Sub Boys. I'm very vocal about liking their product. I always, I mean, I say I always promote it, but I've pro promoted it many times. Um, sometimes I'll try and watch them live, but the timing doesn't work out for me. I'm usually working, so I'll catch that as a replay. So the Club and Sub Boys there, John Stargarian and um, Danny Lags. I like those guys. And then outside of that, I don't watch too much, like, regularly. Those are the two that I watch fairly consistently. Not every week at all, but, like, you know, at least once a month I'll watch that. I don't watch, you know, full YouTube breakdowns. Um, most of the time I'll watch, like, you know, maybe, like, 20 minutes or something or maybe like a couple of fights or something like that or go to the main event. Um, but outside of that, you know, I watch people here and there, but not too much. But, yeah, man, definitely. I like to support the community. But most of the time I create the content, I don't really watch it too much, to be honest, guys, especially nowadays, you know, because I'm so busy with all the stuff I give to you, my brothers. Grace Ban, how much chin upside does Doba have? He's been chin recently. He's got a big chin upside, man. Massive, massive, in my opinion, massive. But now I think about his show chin in the Bobby Green fight. Um, I think he's got a massive, massive chin upside, bro. Your insights make these videos great. I appreciate it, bro. I try to not do the typical same shit that everybody else does because I was already doing that five years ago. So I don't really like to be too boring, right? That's why I don't know if you guys have been watching me for a long time. I'm actually going to ask this now. How long have you guys been watching me? I'd, re I'd really like to know that because I've been making content for like five years now. And when I first came onto the scene, right, I was doing full card breakdowns. Then like in like 2020, everyone started doing full card breakdowns. I mean, now it's just insane, right? But everyone started doing it. I was like, oh, this is boring now. Let me switch it. So I stopped doing full card breakdowns and I did I don't know if you guys remember this, but I'd love to know if anyone watched me back in the day when I basically used to, instead of doing full card breakdowns, I would do three segments. I would do the most exciting fight of the night. I would do the most inaccurate betting line of the night and I would do the main event. 
If you've been watching me since then, shout out to you. I got a lot of love for you because those were the good old days, man. But yeah, basically my whole point is that I've been trying to do different things from a long time ago and I'm still doing it now. And I am still doing different things. I've got a parlay show coming up in two days. No one's done a parlay show before. We're doing parlay, parlay madness. Um, so yeah, man, I just like to do things differently, you know? Dixon saying, what day is my parlay and prop show? There we go. So my parlay and prop show is on Thursday for the American audience. It's Friday, New Zealand time for me. So if you just type in Friday, New Zealand time, 2 p.m., find out what that time is for you and you're going to be golden. Most of the world, I'm one day ahead of you. So right now it's Tuesday for me. It's probably Monday for you, right? I think it's Tuesday or is it Wednesday? It's Tuesday, right? So it's Tuesday for me, but it's probably Monday for you. So I'm one day ahead of you. But basically, guys, Friday, 2 p.m., New Zealand time. That's when I do it. James is a Jedi. Mum, man, you already know. May the 4th be with us this weekend. Um, little two-leg parlay. You know I love those boys. Sup, James, the MMA go, MMA parlay king. Appreciate that. Alternative double chance. Doba KO, Renato Sub. Yeah, that's a decent one. I'd, I'd like to know what price they give us on that. Imavov going to out-volume Delizze to a split, potentially unanimous. Yeah, I can kind of feel that. Nice, thanks. You're welcome, brother. Clint is the man. Um, do you think Rodriguez beats Garimbo? I don't know much about Rodriguez, so I can't be confident on that fight. Overall, I'm going to pick Garimbo for the grappling upside and the potential cardio and upside, but I don't know anything about Rodriguez, and you can't really be uh, confident. Meta's saying, so you find watching others doesn't affect your reads, comes with experience, I guess. Yeah, because I usually, and this is something else I do that I didn't mention. I'll, I'll place all my bets before I watch that. I won't really watch content until I'm locked in and place my bets for that reason, because I don't want it to affect my read. Now, would it affect my read anyway? Well, I don't even give it the opportunity to, right? And again, that does come with experience. Maybe it would affect my read. Maybe it wouldn't. Maybe I'm hard-headed. I believe it wouldn't. Because I've got an ego and I like to believe I'm a, such a good gambler that nothing would affect my input. But I'm also realistic. You have to have an ego to be successful in life and in gambling. But I'm also realistic and understand that maybe it will. So I don't even give it the opportunity, guys. You know, it's like, I ain't going to use that analogy, actually. But basically, I don't even give it the opportunity to because I watch that stuff when I've already locked in my bets. I've already sent my bets out to members. So there we go. Grace Bam watching me for two years. Four months, you're a, new, a newbie. Let, what's going on, brother? Sean, about a year and a half, like a year. Okay, so most people in the year. Eric Betts, my man, Eric Betts fights. Get back on the YouTube, bro. Come on. That's somebody else who I used to watch it as well. And, you know, Eric's not um, really making content these days. But I don't know if he's ever coming back. But if you are, um, then hurry up. And uh, if you're not, then good luck to you. I hope your life's going well. But if anyone's on there, go and sub to Eric Betts fights because... He brings something a little bit different to the show as well, a uh, li little bit different to the MMA community as well. The M Meta Human Project, I've been watching since the beginning. I've been betting MMA since Pride, Final Conflict, Crazy Lines back in those days, bro. Bro, yes. Um, have you been watching me since the beginning or UFC? Grace Ban, I missed the private bet breakdown. Private bet? What private bet? Private bet. Gray's saying, yes, he listened to me on Spotify when I did the free fights. Nah, shout out to Gray, man. Old school. Can't wait, bro. Best of luck this week, gangster. My man. Brandon saying, enjoyed the podcast. Are we going to see more coming up? Okay, so he's talking about the podcast. Um, are we going to see more coming up? 
yeah, I'll be, I'll be doing more podcasts. I'll be doing more. I'm in touch with guys out here, and I will also be hosting podcasts as well, and maybe having other people on, maybe other gamblers. Um, it's a bit tough in New Zealand, you know, because like there's not a lot of shit going on here, which is why I like it in a way. But yeah, man, um, there will be more coming up. The website one. What did I did I do a breakdown private on the website? I don't even remember that. Do I even? I don't even think I remember that. Bro, you're even, you remembered stuff even before me, man. Let me know what you mean, though. Congrats on all your success, James. You're living the dream. 100 units a year or over is literally like 1% of MMA betters. And yes, I meant I was watching you since you started. Thank you, brother. Thanks for that, man. I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. I don't take it for granted. I understand the amount of money that I earn from this game is, um, you know, money that most people want touching their life. But hopefully other people will by listening to my content, by signing up for my picks. And by help by me helping them grow their bankroll through videos like this and my website. Three years I've been watching. Quick thoughts on Urbina fight. I like the dog in that fight a little bit. Thanks for watching as well. Um, I think Urbina's being maybe a little bit overrated from his last. From his like, I mean, minus two hundred is a bit crazy, man. Like Urbina might be overrated a little bit. I think he's got a, you know, I, I, like he should win, but I don't know. It's a bit much. Um, yes, every week you would go through all the bets for the week and you were betting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know what you mean now. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like the betting breakdown for all of the members, the weekly betting breakdown. Yeah, man. Is what it is, bro. We've changed now. Um, many reasons for that. One of the reasons because the videos kept fucking about, to be honest. The website I signed up with, the host is not very good. And the videos were just messing about. I would literally record an hour video, an hour video, bro. And then it would um, it, it would not upload. So I, I just, I can't keep doing this, man. What do people eat for breakfast in New Zealand? All right, bro. Um, we're getting off. I'll come back to that, bro. That's the important question. I'll save that to last. So, boys, I I love my little rants. It's not even a rant, bro. I, I, I love the questions and the interaction with the community. That's why I do this show. And that's why I like to do this show alone at least once per week because I can do stuff like that. Um, anyway, Nasalini Marvel versus Roma Delizze. It's a good fight. Um, obviously, Delizze can finish any man at any time, right? He can take guys down. Kind of. He doesn't have great takedown, but he can take guys down. And then he can get subs from his back. We've seen the weird submissions in the Jack Manson fight. We saw he tore apart Phil Wars' leg before he knocked him out. And then we've seen him just get pure, clean knockouts. So it's like, it's tough to bet against him because he seems like a very imposing figure in the octagon. I kind of thought he beat Marvin Vittori. I think a lot of people bet Marvin Vittori in that spot. And I think there was, I think it was kind of like lucky to cash that ticket, especially as a Decent size favorite. Roma de Lidze is a bit of an enigma. He's not a fight type of fighter that you want to bet on or against, really, because he's just so random. I believe that Roma de Lidze is the type of fighter that, kind of like Michael Johnson, he just lose some fights that he should easily win and just get, and just get beaten some fights that he should lose. Um, that he should win, sorry. You know, he'll win fights that he should lose and then he'll lose fights that he should win. He's one of those type of fighters, in my opinion. i got a favor Nasadina Marvov here. He's the much cleaner striker. I know it seems like Delidze might have a better gas tank, but at the end of the day, Marvov's more proven over five than Delidze. Like, he didn't look that bad in the Sean Strickland fight. He looked bad in a Buckley fight in the third round only. He was owning Buckley before that third round, and then he dropped the third round because of cardio. But I don't know, man. I, I think Marvov's just going to tee off on him and just, you know, probably outpoint him. I don't know if he's going to finish Delidze because Delidze seems very tough to me. So I, I, I kind of feel like it goes over more often than not. But let me see what the over is because actually kind of interested in the over a little bit here yeah i don't really like that over two and a half rounds is minus 160 and i'm not in love with it maybe i'll go back and look at the durability a little bit but i do think that both guys have good durability 
But I also think that Delizze is a bit of a elite finisher. You know, I actually will say he's kind of an... But then he didn't finish certain fights like Giles, who... That's what I'm saying. Delizze is a dodgy guy. Look, guys, I'll, I'll end the breakdown by saying that Delizze is not really the type of fighter that you really want to be betting on in terms of his fights, you know, betting on or against, because he's just a, a weird fighter, man. I'm going to go with Amarvov. I say that he strikes and his range control is too much for Delizze to overcome. I don't think Delizze is going to be able to tee off on him. Marvin is a walking punch bag, so of course Delizze was able to land his shots, right? But Amarvov's going to be skating around the outside and poking him with that jab and also with the great teeth kick. So I don't really think Delizze is going to get close. But if he does, he can make something happen. I think he can probably rock Amarvov. I think he can maybe do something from top position. We haven't really seen Amarvov's takedown. We haven't really seen Amarvov's defensive jiu-jitsu game that much. Yeah, he can take the back and he looks okay with the jiu-jitsu offensively. But outside of that, he don't look that great. So I'll go with Amarvov, guys. But I ain't confident on this fight at all. But yeah, a Marvel decision, like Dixon's saying, is it might be a decent price considering that Over's minus 160 and he's minus 160 as well. So Imarvov wins via decision is plus 275. Yeah, so I might take a poke on Imarvov decision at plus 275. I'll probably get much better odds than that as well. Again, that is a that is a fight that um is only of or that is a prop that's only available on Bet Online. So I think that I'll probably use that. Um, like I might use that as a prop. I don't know, guys. I feel like a Marvel gets a decision. Um, Captain Service is asking me, can we get your take on Belbeat and McCann fight? And thanks for waiting to the end. Captain Service is smart. He always waits to the end to ask that because I ain't going to ask it. Like people asked me before. I don't, I don't know. I will give a breakdown on that fight now. Um, but I like to actually like to hear your breakdown, Captain Service, and also anyone else here. Imarvov decision plus 275. I'm kind of liking that, guys. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that might be a decent play. Um, also, I believe that I'll get better. I'll get plus 350 or something. Maybe plus 300. Definitely plus 300. Probably plus 350 or something. So what do you guys think about a Marvov decision? I know it's a five-rounder. We don't love it in a five-rounder. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like I might take a little shot at that. But yeah, we'll see. Um, again, again, just like Nettie Human Saint can never get a Marvel fights right. Well, I can't, yeah, I meant Delizze, not a Marvel, exactly. So I can't really get that fight. Um, I can't get his fights right either. So maybe I should relax on the Marvel decision. But at plus 275, I don't really have to relax too much, right? So my take on a Belbeat and McCann fight is that the type of fighters that McCann, I've actually broke this down on my last live stream. Um, get rich betting on MMA. Let's get rich betting on MMA because I want everyone to get rich betting on MMA. And I actually broke this fight down a little bit there. And I don't think McCann loses to these type of fighters. If McCann loses, it probably just comes down to some weird, stupid women's MMA shit where she doesn't fight optimally because she doesn't shoot takedowns or she only shoots one. She wants to stand and bang and Belbita just wins on footwork or something shit like that. But at the end of the day, man, I think McCann's the clear side in this fight. I think she's the clear favorite. I think she should win the fight. Um, I could see her losing it from some stupid women's MMA shit. But outside of that, man, she's got a clear stylistic advantage here. She has the boxing advantage up close. She's very, very good up close. She rips to the body. She comes up top to the head. And I don't think Belbita does very well in that situation. I also don't think Belbita does well on the ground. If you watch their first fight, Molly McCann was clearly the side, clearly the favorite. 
And I think it's going to happen again. Why can't Molly McCann get multiple takedowns in this fight? You know, if you go back on Molly McCann's record, which is something that I love to do, and this is a very, very advanced MMA betting tip for a lot of you guys out here that probably don't use this. What I like to do is go on and drop in a secret source here, guys. What I like to do is go on their, their record, right, whoever I want to bet on or against. And what I like to do is find out what type of fighters do they win against and what type of fighters do they lose against. And is there any pattern? Is there a pattern? Or do they just win and lose fights based on whatever? You know, maybe they win against strikers. They win against grapplers. You know, they're just a good all-round fighter and shit just happens in a fight. If they're better than the fighter, they'll win. If they're worse than the fighter, they'll lose. But some fighters have a clear, clear dis or advantage in certain fights. And that's the case with McCann if you look into their record, right? If we see McCann's record, every single time she's lost in the UFC, guys, it's been via grappling. Every single time. Let's do it. I'll do it with you right now. Julia Stolarenko, armbar round one, grappling. Aaron Blanchfield, Kimura, round one, crucifix. Taken down straight away, grappling, right? Then she beat Hannah Goldie, striking. Then she beat Luana Carolina, striking. Then she beat Ji Young Kim, striking. Then she lost against Lara Fritzen, got taken down like five, seven times in that fight, grappling. Then she lost against Tyler Santos, taken down four times in that fight, grappling, right? Then she beat Diana Belbita. She actually grappled her a little bit in that fight. Um, but, you know, basically what I'm saying is every time she loses is via grappling. The only other fight she's lost in the UFC, the only other fight she's lost in her career um, or in the UFC is Gillian Robinson grappling. Every single fight she's ever lost in the UFC is grappling. Now, does it mean that she can never be beat by a striker? Of course not. There's strikers out there that will outpoint her and will beat her, right? But there's a clear pattern there, guys. Diana Belbita ain't taking this girl down. She ain't going to shoot takedowns. So, um, so yeah, man, I like, I like Molly McCann to get the win here. Molly McCann, Molly McCann. Fair enough. <laughs> What day of the week do you usually try to lock your bets in? Early or do you wait for weigh-ins? I usually do it like early. I usually do it early. Um, I, I Most of the time I beat the lines. You know, I get CL... Like if I make... However many bets I make that week, I get CLV on about 90% of them and then about 10% I lose out on. Like if I make 10 bets, probably one, I won't beat the line or one or two. But eight or nine, I will beat the line. Jimmy Flick last week, I didn't beat the line now. I bet on him at plus 110 and he closed plus 180. Absolute insanity to me. I couldn't believe it. Um, but that was an example of I should have waited to weigh in, right? But you don't know. Most of the time, I just lock them in when I lock them in because I know that I'm a sharp on the MMA market, right? I'm just calling it how it is. And so I know that for the most part, I will be getting CLV because most of the time I'm on the right side because I know what I'm talking about, right? So it just makes sense for me to lock in bets. If I wasn't very sharp, then I would wait. I, it, would it, would, it would be more beneficial for me to wait a little bit longer. Sometimes I add as well because limits are higher and stuff. But yeah, basically, guys, I, uh, I do it. Um, I like Belbita. The first fight was wrong on fight stats. It was 30-26, not a 30-25. And it was because of a point deduction, not a 10-8 round from a beating. I think rounds one and three were close. I just feel like there, it was a clear, clear Molly McCann win. And I also feel like um, I also feel like Molly can just take her down like she did in that fight. And I think that she's, she'll be able to win the fight based on that. Um, so, yeah, man. Belbita doesn't seem too bad as a bet. Molly coming down and waiting, I don't like that. But she's fought in, in that weight class before, right? So what, what weight is... So this weight is straw weight. 
last fight's flyweight, but she's fought at strawweight before, I'm sure. So all of these are flyweight. So her entire UFC career has been at flyweight. Was she ever at strawweight? What about these fights back here? Oh, flyweight. She never fought a strawweight. Was this fight definitely at strawweight, yeah? That is definitely interesting, actually. Thanks for pointing that out to me, Great, uh, Not Greyspan. Who did that? Who pointed that out to me? I can't even see it. Oh, Sega Analysis. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out to me because I... Um, yeah, so their last fight was at flyweight. Okay, and then... Oh, so she lost to a flyweight. She instantly jumped out and then she won. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking the last fight was at flyweight. And um, that's why I think this fight is fly. fly I, don't, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, no, that definitely that definitely adds something to it. I need to look into a little bit uh, Molly McCann's, like, how she's looking with the weight cuts, how she's looking on the scales, that type of stuff. Because... I don't think Molly really struggles to make weight too much. I can't really remember a, a missing weight. Has she ever missed weight? She missed weight once in her career. Okay, and that was on her debut. So, yeah, she hasn't missed weight other than that. But, yeah, that's, I mean, that's just another interesting thing. Um, Molly older for the worse and Belbita older. Yeah, that's something else as well. The age definitely is an advantage for Belbita. She's 27 now. She was young when they fought, man. She was like 23 when they fought or something. It was a while back. That's, she was 23 and Molly was like 28 in her prime. So, yeah, man, I could see it. But I, I, I just feel like McCann's going to take her down and do what she wants. James, how you feel about a little baby sprinkle on Belbita sub? Yeah, I kind of feel it. Bria, we're on the same vibe on the McCann fight. I don't like Belbita's fighting stance. I get it's important to tuck her chin, but she tilts her entire neck. Yeah, I know. She fights in it. She definitely looks a little bit weird. Um, honestly, McCann might get a KO because she get hit clean by one of them. Yeah, okay, so everyone's... Yeah, it's an interesting fight, guys. Um, I just feel... I feel like the weight class is kind of the most interesting thing to me here. The weight class and the age. Like, yeah, weight and weight class at her age. I don't really... Like, stylistically, I think Molly's easy upside... Easy big favorite here, man. She's going to take her down and do what she wants. But I do give credence to the age. I do respect the age. I do respect the age difference at the time when they first fought. I also respect the weight class uh, jump. A uh, little bit, but I more respect the weight class jump at the age, and, and I more respect the age to be honest than everything than than, than anything else. Stylistically, I don't really think she's got too much of a chance. Um, it's weird she's changing weight at this stage. She's really short though, so it probably suits her. Yeah, I'm again I'm interested to see how she made weight last time and how she looks physically. Uh, Meatball's been doing some BJJ matches. Maybe sprinkle the sub. I mean, it's definitely possible. Um, she's probably going to be on top in positions and. Meatball's been close to a submission multiple times in her career. So I think that at some point the submission is going to come for her. And it's always like plus 1,000. What's her submission line here? Because it's always big price because she's never got one. But I, I think she's going to probably be on top in positions to get one in this fight. Molly McCann um, via submission. Let's have a look at this one, guys. And again, this is on Bet Online, which is the sharpest book. It's usually, yeah, so Molly McCann submission plus 650. So I'm sure it'll be plus 1,000 some spots, guys. Anyway, that's it. I've broken down every fight and the bonus fight, Belbita versus Imarvov, because my man Captain Service wanted it. So that's it, guys. That's the entire main card breakdown, plus a couple of other picks for you there as well. So 
I'll be back this week. I'll be back on Friday for me, Thursday for most of you. Friday, 2 p.m. New Zealand time, I'll be back for my parlay show. And again, guys, you can watch my free content where I give you my analysis, but not my full bets. But if you really want to make big money with me and sign up, then go to lucrativemmabetting.com or click the link in my bio. I highly recommend you sign up now, today, if you want to sign up at all, because I'm going to be locking more bets in today. I'm going to be sending out full card breakdowns today. And we're on an absolute heater. 2024, we started off on a heater. It might not last forever. Maybe we ain't going to be doing this for six months. So I definitely recommend signing up now. But outside of that, I'm signing out. And thanks, everyone, for being here. Cabin Service saying thanks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, shout out to everyone here and like the video if you haven't done it yet. Good luck on your bets this weekend, guys. Let's get it.